This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, session number 16. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast. Today, I'm excited to have one of the top personal finance bloggers in Canada on the show. Tom Drake is the president of Drake Media Inc. and the owner and manager of dozens of personal finance sites, including his primary site, Canadian Finance Blog, where you can learn more about the best credit cards in Canada, as well as other personal finance best practices. He has been called the godfather of personal finance sites here in Canada, and today I'm thrilled to have him on the show to talk all about the best practices when it comes to using credit cards, as well as the top credit cards that he recommends in 2015. For the list and links to the top credit cards, as well as the show notes, go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash 16, so just the number 16. And now let's get into the show. So, Tom, what I thought we would do is start off by just talking about some of the best practices when it comes to credit card use. And then I thought after that, we can answer some of the top questions that Canadians have when it comes to credit cards. So things like how to redeem the different credit card perks that they might have or choosing a paid versus a free credit card, things like that. And then after that, I thought it would be a good idea to maybe you can share with us what you found in terms of the best credit cards in Canada. So I know you have your own blog. You research this subject quite a bit. You look at all sort of the newest cards. You know, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? So I thought you could take us all through sort of what you found in your research um, so that we have kind of a list of cards that we should at least consider um, if we're taking that route. Uh, Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Uh, So just to start us off, what are some of the best practices when it comes to credit card use? Uh, Well, the first thing to keep in mind with credit cards is not every person's really meant to have a credit card. (laughs) There's some people that just the psychology of it, they're they're not going to handle it well. Like you need to be able to, to certainly pay off your credit card every month. If you're not the the interest you pay, just it outweighs any of the the perks or rewards we'll talk about. Um, and another another best practice is certainly um, to, to use it to monitor your spending. Um, if you're going to pay it off every month, you need to be able to know that you're not spending more than you can afford to pay off. So you can't just treat it like free money and and then wait till the end of the month and and then find out that you can't pay it off. Uh, Another good best practice is is related to just the security of, of what's what you're being charged for. So so review your statement every month. Um, one, it, it helps you just know your own spending, but also you might find out that maybe something went on there that you didn't authorize, and uh, you can contact your bank then. But uh, yeah, really, if if you can't handle those certain steps, th- then having having a credit card like this probably isn't for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, I, I find it's a great tool to use, but uh, you have to you have to use it carefully, right? Like you can, uh, like a hammer, right? You can use it to build a house or, or make something great out of using it, or you can use it to really hurt yourself if you don't know how to, <laughs> you know, how to use it, right? So, uh, yeah, no, for sure, I, I agree a hundred percent. So, yeah, yeah, so speaking of that, can you talk a little bit about the advan- uh, advantages and disadvantages of having a credit card? Uh, well, I. I pretty much think there's there's more advantages than not. Um, obviously, there's there's the rewards. It could be a, a travel reward or or cash back. Um, a lot of people like the air miles, uh, but but it's it's not just the rewards. There's also stuff that a lot of people almost don't realize they have on on some of their cards, like the extended warranties mm-hmm. or or travel insurance. Um, I, I think a lot of that goes probably un underutilized sure. where, where they, they they have this credit card but they don't really think about all these these extra sort of perks that are being attached to it uh, another advantage of a credit card I think is that it, it pretty much has more protection than a bank card if if your card gets stolen and somebody uses it or they've swiped the the information at least and uses it uh, with the credit card it's, it's very easy to get the charge reversed they'll, they'll take it off they're done with the bank, sometimes you have to kind of go back and forth with them a bit uh, with a regular bank card to to get uh, to get your money back because they they've taken money out of your checking account. Mm-hmm. So th- th- there's a a feeling a lot among a lot of people that that credit cards aren't secure, but I, I consider them probably the the most secure way. I, I rather lose my credit card 
and have that risk than lose my bank card and certainly lose cash. For sure. Yeah. Like I, I, I carry very, very little cash on me at all times. And so yeah. you know, if, if something was to happen and you get mugged or, or whatever the case, you know, hopefully you don't, but you know, <laughs> if someone wants to take your credit card, fine, you know, take my credit card, How you know, have fun. They're just increasing their chances of getting caught basically. Right. Uh, by, <laughs> exactly. by using it. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah, much, uh, much preferred for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's for, oh, sorry, go ahead. For the for for disadvantages though, it it goes back to that responsible use right. and and your your analogy of the hammer is great because yeah, it is a tool. <laughs> you can't uh, it, you still have to use it properly. Right. Um. So so, so certainly, like I said, you you got to be able to pay it off and and if you have multiple cards, you got to kind of keep track of that too. <laughs> you can you can lose track when the more complicated you make it with multiple cards. For sure, for sure. Yeah. What, what what's worked well for me is I like to have. Um, Kind of the 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 aeroplane covered off and the aero miles as well. So I'll have one credit card that I use, and it's it has the aeroplane, and then the other one has the air miles because you know some uh, some stores or whatever you know like gas stations right they'll they'll accept air miles whereas others have aeroplane. So this way you're not really missing out on on the rewards no matter which one you go through you can use it. So so I find kind of that's the only that's uh, like that and because I have a business it's nice to have you know a separate card for that. But uh, I find that's kind of the those are two, the two main advantages of having multiple cards. Uh, I find, as opposed, to, yeah, definitely not having like eight different cards with eight different rewards things, and then it, <laughs> and it's just the time you spend managing those every month would be so annoying just to make sure that they're paid off and reviewing the statement for each one and downloading the statement. I mean, it's just it's just such a hassle. Yeah, and, and when you have say the eight credit cards, <laughs> you're not sort of um, piling all your rewards into one place. Like like to have a couple, mm-hmm. you, you can actually build those up. Exactly. But, but say, say with an Air Miles card, if, if you're not putting a lot of focus into it, well, you're, you're never going to get much out of it. You're not going to get a trip. You're going to get a couple free movies or something because you're, exactly. you're not sort of maximizing the use there. Exactly, exactly. And then Tom, some, uh, you, you mentioned this already, some credit cards have different perks like the extended warranty on purchases, the, the um, some have travel insurance. How do you take advantage of these benefits? And is it a hassle to claim them? Is it easy to claim them? Or is this just kind of a marketing gimmick, uh, you know, by the credit card companies? Or is this actually a legitimate benefit that we should really be using? Uh, they're very legit. No, normally, the biggest catch is is that you you have to pay in full. So you can't uh, you can't just put half of the purchase down on your credit card and pay the rest in cash or something. Um, so so if you're buying an item and you just pay with it full in the credit card. And if that credit card has an extended warranty, say, it's it's a, it's immediate. Like like if if they've added a year on top of the regular warranty, uh, it's immediate. Um, you've got that extended warranty on that item. Sometimes if it's I believe five years or more of the regular warranty on that product, then they want you to register for that additional year uh, through the credit card company. Okay. But uh, for shorter term things, you get that year, just for the fact that you you purchased it fully on that card. Okay. Um, same with uh, what was the other one you mentioned? The, the, the travel, travel insurance and, and and medical insurance related to that. Uh, with, with those, similar idea. In full, you just purchase the trip on that credit card. Mm-hmm. So so you can't use a different credit card and then say, oh well, I've got this, <laughs> this right, insurance right. on the other card. I, I want to use that yeah. now because I need it. Um, so, or so, I have double the insurance because I have insurance on each card, and now yeah, I yeah, use both exactly. of them. So I get yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's whatever is. Yeah fully spent on the, on that one card. Gotcha. So if, if like I've got a card that that does the uh, extended warranty mm-hmm. really well and I've got a card that's got a bunch of travel benefits. So I, I weigh that when I'm making those kind of purchases. Right. <laughs> I always right. use my, my travel card to, to book travel mm-hmm. and I always make my major purchases with the one with the extended warranty. So knowing all, all the perks you have, which sometimes isn't much more than fine print in, in the booklet you get right. with, the, uh, with the credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... In all those cases, they basically you're signed up for for those perks as as soon as you use the card. Um, another one we didn't mention is uh, the rental collision um, insurance. Oh right. So if you rent a card on a card that has that kind of program, you you don't have to take their their, their uh, extra fees when you're renting a car. Mm-hmm. The credit card will cover you up to the full loss of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great one. Just yeah. just by using the right cards at at the right time when you when you're actually renting that car. For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And and some of those same cards will even give you discounts on the rentals in the first place too. 
that's great yeah and yeah i just i've done a fair bit of travel in the u.s and then doing the car rentals and yeah i mean it can be the insurance can be pretty pricey and then you kind of get into that whole debate well should i go through my own insurance company do they offer that should i get it through the car like where they're renting it or or should i get it through let's say expedia because that's where i got that's where i actually booked it so there's all these different sort of options for but but so you're you're saying you could actually bypass all of that because you may be fully covered by your credit card anyway um so, so you're saving a lot of money and it's much more convenient yeah, that's exactly what I do. I couldn't tell you which of the other options is better because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, always, I just use the right credit yeah. card in the first place. You just use the free option, which tends to take care of everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And with those extended warranties, you get, uh, like, like, say you're in a in a store and they're trying to sell you an extended warranty. Um, first of all, you're paying for it. Right. <laughs> or your credit card can do it for free. But also, if you're trying to claim it, the those in-store extended warranties have a lot more catches, like oh, okay. <laughs> little things that make it unclaimable like oh, oh it's this is wear and tear it's not all oh, right mm-hmm. and, and things like that where the credit cards will be a lot uh a lot more free with that um even to the point of uh if it's stolen within 90 days or something like that a, oh. lot, of, a lot of credit cards will, will guarantee that as well so th- there's there's a lot of options that are a lot easier to to claim when the time comes without a bunch of hidden catches. Interesting, interesting. So so let's say, uh, let's go through a scenario. So let's say you have a car that has this extended warranty. So I buy, I don't know, a laptop, let's say. Um, and then that laptop has a one-year warranty, I guess with the store, the manufacturer, uh, whatever. Um, so if, if something was to happen within that first year, would you recommend just going through the manufacturer, uh, through the manufacturer of the store? Or would you actually go right to your credit card company? What would be easier? You have to go with the store. Oh, you do? Um, okay. Yeah, the, the, it truly is an additional year. Oh, so the, okay. The, the credit card won't pick up that until... Gotcha. Until the other one's passed. Uh, so so in the case of a one year, you'd have to deal with the store mm-hmm. um, during that time. In the second year, though, it's it's wholly on the card. Oh, okay. So so let's say that happens then. We're in year two. Uh, my original warranty has now expired. I have the warranty on the card, which I got automatically just because I used that card. I didn't have to sign up for it or anything like that. It's automatic or register the product. It's automatically covered. Is that is that right? That's right. Okay. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. When it comes time to claim that, you'd have to go through some some paperwork with them for sure. But, right. Uh, their their claim process seems a lot uh, more straightforward than than some of the other places. Gotcha. So, so would the process be then that you just call the generic number for that credit card, like the number on the back of your card, let's say. And then you call that and tell them what's happened and they start you on this process? Uh, the number on the back of the card would be a good place to start. Uh, in Inside the booklet that you get with your credit card, mm-hmm. it, there could be a different number. Okay. But, but ultimately, if you call the number on the back of the card, I'm sure they'd get you to the right place. Um, gotcha. But, but, but within the details that you get when you get a card, uh, they'll, they'll sometimes list different phone numbers and, and all the details about how many years or mm-hmm. months or whatever the case is on, on these different different perks okay so then i guess they'll probably ask you to send you the receipt send them the receipt or something like that so that you have proof that when you purchased it and then do they do they want you to send the product back usually like to them how how does how does that work do you not have to pay for shipping to ship the product to the company i'm actually not sure of that i haven't i haven't had to actually ship a ship a product uh in in the past um okay but i I would guess they probably and i'm just just guessing that they probably don't really care because right. i've had to claim before on a stolen item okay mm-hmm. or possibly lost but <laughs> right, right, right. within within 90 days my card covered that okay and uh obviously there's nothing to ship in that case <laughs> and they had no issue with that so gotcha uh yeah i'm not i'm not sure when it truly comes to just a a, a damage kind of uh, uh, warranty issue but mm-hmm. okay sounds so i guess the sort of a, as an action point uh, i guess the best thing to do would be if you already have a credit card that maybe has some of these might be a good idea to give them a call and just ask them what is the process uh, for doing this uh, just so that you're familiar with, with how it works and w- with all the details and the fine print um, and exactly. right and then and then if you're considering switching to a different credit card because maybe it has better uh, be- better perks then maybe 
call them ahead of time as well and, and get them to explain these perks, get them to explain the process. And then, you know, now that you've spoken to your existing credit card company and this new one you're considering, now you can sort of compare apples to apples. You can say, okay, this one's better with this, this one's better with that. And then you can decide, uh, you know, do I want to stay with my existing one or do I want to go through the hassle of switching? You know, is it worth it? Um, or do I want to just have this extra credit card now? Uh, you know, and, and is it worth sort of the pain of having to manage now multiple cards? So, yeah. yeah. So, no, that, that's a good hit. Yeah, because I guess it would be different for every single company and each one has their own sort of fine print and their different procedures. Maybe one wants you to ship back the item to them as proof that it actually is broken as opposed to you just want a second item. <laughs> right? So, so I could see that's how... Point, yeah. yeah, so I can see at the same time that you have all the right documentation, right? So make sure you have the, the receipt and all of that. Um, so I assume with travel insurance, same kind of thing. Um, and then with the car rental as well, I think that would be a really key thing because th- that can be a pretty large amount. And I mean, if yeah. yeah, like if you're a Canadian and you're going to the US, you really do want to make sure that if you're renting a car, it's insured. Um, so I, w- I definitely wouldn't assume that, oh, well, on their marketing material for the credit card, there was a bullet point that said it includes car collision insurance. So I'm just going to assume I'm all covered and everything is great. Uh, you should probably, because the stakes are so high, like if you actually hit someone, you know, you could get sued. It could be a really big deal. <laughs> so you probably want to call the insurance company, make sure you really understand sort of the limitations, right? Because maybe they cover it, but maybe there's a big deductible or, or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's worth kind of doing your due diligence ahead of time. <laughs> I actually had a, a reader of my, my blog not too long ago email me. Um, they were they were kind of annoyed at their credit card company because they, they got in just a small accident mm-hmm. and and uh, they weren't getting covered. But it turns out the card they have never had the rental oh. <laughs> collision insurance on it. So so it, it's not just how much, but but don't assume that just because you have a credit card that it covers these things. Right. Uh, each card's different. They all have their own fine print. You, you got to go through that that big book that mm-hmm. probably most people don't read when they get the credit card. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, yeah, because this person just assumed that they were covered and mm-hmm. they weren't. It, it, <laughs> the yeah. coverage didn't exist on that card. So, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, they couldn't do anything in that case. Yeah. But fortunately, it was just a small fender bender, right? If, if it was like yeah. a catastrophic collision <laughs> where they completely wrecked the car, the car maybe actually hurt the other driver and now the other driver is suing them. I mean, you know, now they're talking about mortgaging their house probably because, you know, because uh, now they have this, these legal bills to pay and maybe they were negligent and now they're liable. So it could really, so it's as boring as that book is to read <laughs> it's probably a good you know when this like i get it if you're buying a 20 dollar item at best buy and you know oh fine the warranties didn't cover it okay you can live with that but if we're talking about things like car insurance in a foreign land you yeah you, you probably want to read that fine print probably want to even call a company just to make sure you understand what you read in the booklet to make sure you've got your bases covered just because yeah i mean you're, you're just trying to secure yourself from catastrophic losses basically Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's great. No, thanks. Thanks for those those tips. Um, and yeah. So onto my next questions. Many credit cards uh, have different options. So so some of them are completely free, while other cards have a, kind of a premium card option, right? Where you now pay an annual fee to have this sort of platinum card or whatever the, the you know the fancy name is. And, and now so now you're paying, but a lot of times when you're paying for a card, you might get better perks as well. So uh, you know you'll you'll get aeroplan points quicker or, or or air miles faster, things like that. Is there an easy way that you know of of determining whether it's worth getting this paid option or whether you should just stick with the free option? Um, it's easier with some than with others. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with something like a Aeroplan or Air Miles, it, it's it's hard always to to put a dollar figure on those rewards right. because it depends on what you're using them for and all that. Uh, you can certainly look at somewhere you get like a, a gold Air Miles from BMO, I believe. They give a percent off when you're when you're booking with those air miles, so you could actually look at that and say, "Oh, I'm saving this percent from from my my trip," and that that would mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, the easier ones is uh, if it's a cash back card or or travel that's equivalent to cash, because then you can actually look at it. You can say, "Oh, I'm getting two percent back on my credit card." Then you can do that math of well, how much do I spend in a year? Right. Calculate that two percent and and actually figure out. Is it more than the annual fee? Mm-hmm. If the annual fee is a hundred dollars, hundred twenty dollars, but you're saving two hundred, five hundred, it's right. uh, it, you can you can see that 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 connection easier. Um, 
but but yeah, with some of the points programs like Air Miles and Aeroplan, mm-hmm. it, it gets a little murkier <laughs> as to whether it's a good deal. For sure. Another thing with any of these annual fees is uh, you have to pretty much do all your spending on your credit card. If if you're if you're going to be a, a mostly cash or mostly bank card kind of spender, the annual fees will never make sense. <laughs> you right. pretty much have to put every dollar that you can mm-hmm. onto your credit card and then pay the credit card off at the end of the month mm-hmm. w- with your checking account at that point. Yeah, one strategy that I've heard a lot of people use is you have a if you have a side business, let's say, then to use put all your business expenses have a kind of a dedicated card for that. Um, I know one of my friends does that. He has his own web development company and and he has his sort of designated business card and he has contractors which will pay with a credit card, for example. So he he's basically paying workers that work on his business and he's earning air miles off that. And these guys are you know they're building websites all the time, so he's, they're constantly charging him and he just accumulates so much it's just wild so um, for sure you know if you're a business if you have a side business or, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you, you do this full-time uh, definitely you know worth considering I think because it, when you do the math it might actually uh, end up in your favor quite a bit uh, but like you yeah. said if you're not using them a lot then it's hard to sort of reach that threshold where okay the card is now has now been paid for with all these benefits that I've been getting um, yeah. I guess to like with the perks as well right like if you're um, if you're, let's say, if you travel maybe four times a year, uh, let's say to Florida or, or to the U.S., and you've got there's this premium card that has really good car coverage, let's say, um, you know, and then this other free card does not have that, um, then yeah, maybe it's worth paying that you know hundred dollars a year for that credit card because you'll spend way more than that in car insurance um, throughout the year. So, so I guess yeah, you just kind of have to sit down with a with a boring spreadsheet and just kind of <laughs> crunch the numbers and see if it's worth it and decide from there. Um, exactly. Yeah. Of course, you have to know what you've been spending in the past year. Like, exactly. Uh, I believe you use Mint, and uh, yeah, I've used it too. And uh, just being able to see that kind of spending, because then if the if the card has uh, different tiers of spending, like you might get you get might get a higher percent on groceries bought through that card than, than you would, uh, say, a drugstore. Mm-hmm. And so, something like Mint is really great for that, because then you can even break that down. Exactly. You know, when it's not a flat rate on the card. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, especially with with the tiers like you mentioned, there, there are definitely the different tiers. And yeah, if you're in the slowest one, it's probably not worth your your while a lot of the time. So uh, yeah, no, that's great. That's really good. Uh, that's great advice. Uh, now, w- what if you can't pay off your entire credit card balance at the end of the month? We all know that we should be doing that. Um, but let's say, I don't know, you lost your job that month and now money's tight or you lost your job and then your roof also caved in that month and things are looking pretty rough <laughs> from the cash flow perspective. And maybe you didn't have enough of an emergency fund to weather that big of a storm. And so now you're looking, okay, well, I have this credit card I could be using that I'm paying 18%, let's say, which is which is ridiculously high. Um, what are some options that you'd recommend if you actually need to borrow money instead of sort of defaulting to using a credit card? Yeah, if you do get in that situation, like obviously we said you want to be paying it off in full every month but if you if this does happen it's going to happen to some people for sure um you, you obviously you want to make sure you still pay your credit card because you right. don't want to wreck your, your your credit rating um but you don't necessarily want to do it at the 18 to 20% kind of rates um if you have a home equity line of credit or a secured loan they'll mm-hmm. give you really good rates but even an unsecured loan um even if you have to go in the bank and get it that month kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, any of those are, are a better option, interest rate-wise at least, um, th- than paying the credit card rate. And uh, I, again, you just want to be paying off your credit card anyways because you don't want to wreck your, your, your uh, credit score over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go and get a payday loan because the the percentage is actually worse. Right. <laughs> so you're, right. You, you'd be better off just making your minimum credit card payment instead of paying it off in full, then to, to get to the point of, of, of a payday loan for, for that. Sure. For sure. And maybe for some of the uh, our listeners who are just getting into personal finance, can you define what a secured loan is versus an unsecured loan? Uh, well, secured loan is is secured against an asset. So it it, it could be against a, a car, if you have a car loan. Um, it, it can also be against your investments. It's normally, it's basically, they, they've got something that, they get a piece of if you if you weren't paying off your loan in full, and because of that, they'll give you a better rate. You, you might get uh, three or four percent instead of ten or higher. Um, so, so 
you, you just get a better rate because they're taking on a lot less risk. They've got something that they can pull back from you if, if you all of a sudden just stop paying all, all your, your debts. Exactly. Yeah. Versus an unsecured loan, which is kind of basically like a credit card, right? They're lending you the money. It's not really secured against anything. Um, you know, so yeah, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I myself, I use a, a home equity line of credit. Uh, I find that that's, that's, oh, I don't, I don't actually use it. I, I have one <laughs> in yeah. case, in case something goes really, really uh, bad, uh, you know, have an emergency fund as well, but have that home equity line of credit uh, just, just to be on the safe side. Um, I have yet to use it. Um, but you know, but it it doesn't hurt to have it there, just just in case uh, you know something really really happens uh, bad, and and the rate's really good. It's like pl- uh, prime plus one um, for that. Whereas you know, if you compare that to a credit card paying eighteen percent or more, uh, it's a pretty drastic difference. So so yeah, for sure, for our listeners who are kind of new to this whole thing, well, I mean, ideally you shouldn't be taking out debt, getting debt in the, into debt in the first place, right? I mean, that's kind of the given, right? You just shouldn't do that. Uh, but like I said, you know, you lost your job, and also your car exploded, and also your roof caved in and you just don't have that much in your emergency fund to, to take care of all of those, um, then for sure, you know, maybe consider a, a home equity line of credit or a secured loan to try to get as much of a, you know, yeah, just, just so that you can kind of weather that storm for a bit until you get back on track. Yeah, at least it's not a, a crippling kind of uh, rate. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like say a credit card, if, you, if you've lost your job, obviously, and, and, and you've, you've emptied out your emergency fund. Yeah. So, so something like the home equity line of credit is is a good sort of next line of defense for sure. For, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's just nice to have that knowing that if something goes bad, you, you, you know, you'll, you'll be okay from the cash flow perspective until the next uh, the next check comes in. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Um, and also, yeah, one other interesting thing um, that I've kind of ran across is there's actually some people that will recommend saving up for an emergency fund versus paying off their credit card debt. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit about what your thoughts on on that strategy are? <laughs> yeah, if 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 you ask different people, you're going to get a different answer on yeah. this, and <laughs> I think it comes down to that kind of money psychology of what you're more comfortable with. Some people just need to have that emergency fund because it it makes them feel more secure. They're they're ready for the next problem, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm more on the other side. I, I look at uh, credit card debt, especially, but even any debt. Um, by paying it off, you basically get a higher return than you're going to get on your emergency fund that's making next to nothing nowadays exactly. in savings. So uh, I prefer paying off debt. If it's credit card debt, all the more for sure. But uh, really any debt, you're going to do better net worth wise by, by paying off the credit card debt or any debt than, than putting it away in a uh, an emergency fund. And in the case emergency comes as much as you don't want to use it, you still got maybe a line of credit or, or a credit card that, that you could use a bit at the time because because you've already paid it down. So mm-hmm. I, I'd always lean towards, towards paying it down and then paying it off uh, over the emergency fund. Emergency fund sort of the next step after debt in my mind. Right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree 100%. Um, yeah, the... Because with the emergency fund, I mean, the money's there in case something bad happens, right? In case there's some sort of emergency. Um, to me, if you're carrying a credit card balance that you're not able to pay off that month, to me, that is an emergency. You, you should never, you should never be in that position. It's, it's, it's. You're paying way too much, and that, and you need to get rid of that asap. So instead of having money set aside while you're paying this, you know, these ridiculous rates, um, go get rid of these ridiculous rates. And, and you know what? If something does happen while you know your emergency fund gets drawn down because you paid off your credit card debt, um, okay, and, and let's say something does happen, okay, fine, then go and and get a home equity line credit, uh, go get a secured loan, you know, and obviously extremely watch your spending to make sure that, you know, because yes. you shouldn't be even be going into debt in the first place. But, you know, this is here we're talking kind of worst case scenarios where you just need that just as a temporary sort of short term solution, um, then yeah, fine, you know, go get that home equity line of credit, go get that secured loan. Um, you know, don't don't be sitting there with credit card debt. There, there's no reason you should be paying 18% ever, uh, you know, in my opinion. Like, do you have a car? Go talk to your bank, see if they you can get a secured loan and you use your car, right? And then it, that way, you know, if, if the bank feels better because if you stop paying them, they could repossess your car. Um, you're not going to let them do that because now you're being responsible with your money and you're making sure that you are going to pay off that loan. So um, so yeah, for, for sure, I feel pretty strongly about the subject because <laughs> it just it just kills me to see someone carrying that, that amount. You know, I mean, if it's going to give you a heart attack because you don't have an emergency fund and it's stressing you out and your blood pressure's through the roof because somehow you're wired 
you know, in your brain that, that you need an emergency fund and you're going to get like, you know, health issues because of that. Okay. Okay. Maybe then it's fine. <laughs> right. But then I'll go see a doctor and find out, you know, that's a whole nother topic altogether. <laughs> but anyways, that's all right. I'll, I'll drop that. But I just, yeah, I kind of feel strongly about the subject because, because 18% is just brutal. There, you, there really is no reason you should be paying it. it you know, it, I don't know, maybe there's some crazy extreme circumstances I haven't considered, but I, I just, I can't think of a single one. Uh, why yeah. you know why you couldn't just get a secured loan and and pay that off instead and use that and, instead? And you mentioned something else there too, uh, briefly about watching your spending. Um, if if you're having to weigh <laughs> whether you're going to pay off your credit card or or use a line of credit or an emergency fund, then then yeah, you need to pretty much stop all your spending. Right. Uh, you, you can't sort of say, oh, I'm going to pay off my credit card with my line of credit, and that's all good. Now, now I'm going to keep spending. Exactly. <laughs> you got to make sure you stop that cycle because you can't. You can't continually be using, say, a home equity line of credit to pay off your credit card or else they're both just going to keep rising and, and it's not going to help at all. Exactly. Eventually, you get to the point where you've maxed out your line, your line of credit and because you actually haven't changed your spending habits, you are now still accumulating. You're still basically spending more than you should be. And now you're now you're going to eventually say, well, now I, the bank won't lend me any more money against the line of credit because I've already used up everything they gave me. And now I have to use credit card debt, you know, and then that's and so from all these sort of you know, financial gurus out there that that are sort of, uh, you know, anti debt, you know, this is kind of the, kind of their their angle. This is kind of where they're coming from is that is that you can is that some people can easily fall into this really bad cycle of, oh, OK, well, I just took out a home. I had a credit card debt. Then I took out a home line of credit. I, I have let's say 70 grand that I can use so now they start building up line of credit without actually changing their spending habits and then you fast forward a little bit and now they've got $70,000 in debt plus now they're also accumulating credit card debt on top of that because they can't you know they've already used up their whole their entire line of credit and now they're basically in a catastrophic position as far as personal finance goes um, so so that's kind of the big you know flag is that, yeah. like what Tom said you know if you're going to use your home equity line of credit to pay off your credit card okay fine but you better be paying off that home equity line of credit ASAP uh, you know you're not going out for all you can eat sushi that Saturday you're taking that money and you're using it to pay off your home equity line of credit so uh, all right that's just yeah that, oh, I, I get really uh, I get going about this subject because uh, you know well, I, yeah it's a, it's a good one that, that that one time that you have to decide how you're going to pay off your your credit card that should be the warning that you have to change your spending not exactly not into that sort of dangerous cycle. Exactly. Yeah. It should never be a surprise. Oh, wow. This is a lot more than I thought it would be on this credit card. I don't know if I can pay it. That should never happen. If that is happening, that's a flag that something's wrong. Something is yeah. wrong. You have got to, you've got to change your, your behavior somehow. Um, all right. No, that, that, that's great. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, so we talked about emergency funds. Um, one other thing that I want to ask about is credit limit utilization. So one of the things I, I kind of ran across is some people will recommend that you should never use more than a certain percentage of your available credit limit. So one kind of source I found, they said 30%. You should never use more than 30% of you know how much you're allowed to use on your credit card. Can you speak to that a little bit? Is that significant? Should we be worrying about this? What are your thoughts? Depends on what you're doing at the time. Um, it's it's really just a, a bit of a credit score game. Um, <laughs> how much you're using, it's going to affect your credit score. Um, but if if you're not actively applying for credit or 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 looking for a mortgage, if you're about to buy a house, then then what your credit score is at that exact moment doesn't matter much. And if you if you're paying your card off in full every month, it also doesn't really matter much. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how much you care about this one little factor of your credit score. Um, if, if you were about to get a mortgage, then yeah, certainly I'd, I'd keep all the card balances really low. And, and by balances, I just mean what's in there at that exact time. You're still paying it off every month, but when the credit report's pulled, there's still a balance <laughs> until it's paid off the next right. day kind of thing. So th- there's a balance there, but uh, it, it it's completely just a, one small piece of... of the entire credit score calculation and mm-hmm. unless you're unless you're looking for for some kind of new credit at the time it, it's only going to matter so much uh it's it's more important about that part about being able to pay it off every month uh, whether that's 30 percent of the balance or not mm-hmm. right because when you pull your credit report when, when let's say the mortgage company pulls it because you're about to buy a house that when they pull that that's just a snapshot in time so at that particular yeah. time you had this much credit card debt, right? And maybe you made some really big purchases that month and that amount is a lot higher than it should be. 
and now you know that makes you look not makes you look a bit more risky, right? Because now you're carrying quite a bit of credit card debt, and uh, yeah. So, so so yeah, so definitely that makes sense, yeah, to 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 try to keep that low when you know they're going to be pulling it, uh, because you do want it sort of to be representative of of how you are doing things day to day. If, if over the weekend you bought a new home theater for your home or something, you know, <laughs> exactly. and, and they just cut your all of a sudden your credit your, your credit card thing spikes, then uh, then yeah, it it it, it's, yeah. it might be something you're not giving them a, a fair representation of how you use your credit card on a day to day basis, and you're kind of shooting exactly. yourself in the foot a little bit there. Yeah, when it came time to to get a house, I, I was crazy about that. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I, made, yeah. I made sure yeah. all the limits were low. Uh-huh. I had uh, I had just a little bit left of a student loan. So I actually got them to extend the time so that it would, so that I could keep paying it right on purpose in, in, in into the time I was getting a mortgage because mm-hmm. uh, it actually extended my credit history to keep that on there. So I didn't want to pay it off. So right. I, I was playing every little game kind of thing to, to keep that, that credit score as high as it could be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's important. I mean, it could be the difference between getting the loan or not or getting a good rate or not. And, and that can exactly. be, you know, that's one of those, you know, if you talk about 80-20 rules, you know, that, that can be one of those things that can make a huge, huge difference uh, for, for sure. <laughs> so so definitely, yeah, getting approved and, uh, uh, you know, being responsible with it is, is, is pretty key for sure. Um, now, uh, so Tom, uh, yeah, so I mean, that's I think all the kind of top questions that I had and, and that I thought the, the listeners might have uh, of the Build Wealth Canada podcast. Um, can we let, let's dive into currently the, the top credit cards in Canada? Like, like I said in the intro, you've you researched this quite a bit. You, you know, you know a lot of the advantages, disadvantages of the different cards. You have your blog where you write about this as well. Uh, yeah, share with us some of the top cards and, and and what we should consider. Well, there's there's two cards I use pretty faithfully. Um, first there's the, uh, the BMO world elite MasterCard. It, it has 2% towards travel, but, but unlike air miles or, or aeroplan, this is a, uh, it's a straight 2%, which is a better value than, than air miles and aeroplan. But it's, it's also, uh, you, you can book it without any restrictions. Oh. It's, it's basically same as cash. So I, I use air miles too. And, and I like collecting all the bonuses within the stores more so than the, just the base points. But, um, you go to book a trip and it's, it's two connections and not right. at the time of day you want. But meanwhile, you can see that there's a regular flight still available, but it's just not within the air miles system to, to book with, with this BMO world elite, you book through their site, but, but you're, you're using basically just an open book, any flight kind of system that you know, different than Expedia or something like that in a way. Um, so, so you can, you can get the flight you want, without sort of the air miles restrictions or aeroplan and uh and you're getting a better rate that that two percent is, is higher than than what they normally calculate air miles to be um and and on top of that when you sign up for it you get a three hundred dollar bonus so technically that's thirty thousand points but it's three hundred dollars of of travel credit right off the bat that's great um and on top of that this is the card i use when i mentioned uh the, the travel and the, and the medical um, insurance. It, it's also got VIP lounge access. Oh. Uh, so so, <laughs> so it, it's, it's quite good. Um, I don't, I don't have the, uh, the fee on me yet right now, but uh, I think it's around $150, maybe 120, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, and I find that totally worth it. Um, mm-hmm. The, the 2% alone pays for itself. And then all the, the perks on top of that. Uh, and, and just, one, you're not paying the annual fee in the first year, plus you get that $300 credit in the first year too. So right. <laughs> use it for at least a year and you're certainly good. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, but but I, So I use that card for a lot of my, my regular spending. But the other card that, that I'm a big fan of is the Scotiabank Momentum Visa Infinite. It's the one that, that I kind of alluded to earlier where you get 4% on grocery and gas. Hmm. You get 2% on recurring bill payments and, and at the drugstore. Now, obviously, those are good, but there's one percent remaining on that. So, so, purchases that don't hit those two categories, you get one percent. In that case, I use my BMO card instead for the two percent. <laughs> so, right, right. So, so to have these two cards, it, it, if if you're careful about where you're spending at, you'll get the best deal between the two of them. Um, it also helps that one's a Visa and one's a Mastercard. Right. So, so you've always got the options there too. But. Uh, so yeah, if, if I'm getting grocery or gas or a recurring, recurring bill or uh, at the drugstore, I use that that Scotia Bank Momentum Visa. Anything else, I put on the the, the BMO World Elite, mm-hmm. with one more exception: the the 
the Scotiabank Momentum is uh, it's got the um, the extended warranty. Oh, nice. so, so, so <laughs> if 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 I'm making a big enough purchase where I really care about having a the extra year of extended warranty, which is pretty much any big purchase or electronics or anything, I, I'll, I'll use that. And I don't worry about the fact that I'm just getting one percent as opposed to two percent right. because I know I know I'm getting that warranty with it. So it, it's all about knowing the details of the the two cards in this case and and how they how you can kind of work them at separate times. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of those do have the the annual fees in the 120 to 150 range. Um, they might both be 120. Sorry, I didn't have that. But uh, okay. mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for a, a high percent value with a card with no annual fee though if you go to the movies <laughs> the the uh the Scotiabank scene visa is my choice um here and and at some some other places they're starting to have the VIP theaters but when you when you cash in the points for this uh Scotiabank scene visa the points uh are the same no matter what kind of movie you go to so you can you can cash in a thousand points to go to a VIP over a regular theater you can also cash it in to go to the the fancy 3Ds and oh, nice. <laughs> AVX. And it's it's always a thousand points no matter what. So if you're doing one of those more premium kind of uh, theater rooms to, to watch the movie, you you basically can get a two percent reward, but by, by using that card. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to just a regular theater just to watch a a, a cheaper cost movie, that then it, it starts to go down towards one percent. But even one percent is pretty good on a car that doesn't charge an annual fee. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you got to really like going to the movies to do this. I, I, I believe they have s- a few catches where you can kind of use it on some other things, but, but, but basically it's, it's, it's for the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it, it, the best uh, options without a fee other than that would, would be an aero, aero planner and air, air miles card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a load of options, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I've grown to not like the booking process with those mm-hmm. and uh, and the, the value of them just isn't quite as high as I, I had hoped it was for a few years. But right. uh, so, so I'm, I'm preferring these cards more where they're cash back or travel. That's the same as cash back. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And I, I like how you brought up the how you can sort of you have more flexibility in terms of choosing the flight. Uh, I know now we have a we have a little one <laughs> running around and, you know, for, so if we're booking a family vacation <laughs> And it's um, a red eye flight with you know three connections or something. I mean, I'm not gonna put my daughter through that. That's just that's just no. <laughs> that's just not gonna happen. So yeah. so I really uh, yeah. So that, that's really good uh, that you have this kind of level of flexibility with that one. That that's great. Um, yeah, I think you'd, you'd like a card like that more. Um, I <laughs> I, I kind of grew tired of the, the air miles booking back when um I, I had to book my wife and kids on air miles. To go down to California. Oh, okay. And and I was doing a business trip, so I used my business card separately. But they had to connect twice, and I was I was able to book a direct flight. Uh-huh. But instead, I did not book the direct flight so that I could fly with them. Oh, okay. I, I had to book this multi-hop thing that that was the best air miles would give. Right. Um. But I, I still do a lot of air miles collecting with uh, in-store bonuses, which are worth more than the 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 base miles, anyways. Uh, but when you can go into a store and if you're spending a hundred dollars, get a hundred air miles, that that's worth way more than mm-hmm. than the five air miles you would get spending a hundred dollars just right flat normal. So are you talking about those ones like the LCBO where you go there and if you get this wine, you get twenty air miles or whatever that is? Like, is that are those the kind exactly, of things you're talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and. If you're an Air Miles user, there, there's no shortage of emails and, and mail and stuff where, the, yeah, they've got these, it's, it's almost like a sale in a way where right. they're, they're trying to get you into the store and mm-hmm. uh, they'll, they'll give you all sorts of, or, or buy this one grocery item, get 20 Air Miles or something like that. Like it, <laughs> there's all sorts of options like that. Yeah. Those add up great for Air Miles, mm-hmm. but the credit cards themselves and even the Air Miles just for the base spending points, I, I haven't found to be as, as good a deal as these other couple of cards I've mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to know a lady and the way she chose what wine she purchases was based on the Air Miles promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so she, that, that, that's, you know, she wasn't a big, yeah, you know, she liked to buy wine but didn't have any sort of loyalty or preference really. So it was just, all right, which one has the extra bonus air miles this week and that's the one she would get and you know what she actually accumulated quite a bit of points she told me all the trips she was able to take uh you know because if it's something you don't care that much about if you're just look having people over i want some wine 
Oh, yeah. Just just pick the one that I get the Monster Miles. <laughs> I've uh, I've done that with grocery purchases. Oh well yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, it it helps that often if if an item's in the flyer for any of these kind of stores, it's probably on sale and has the Air Miles. So, so right, it's a nice. Right. Uh, uh, you can double dip cool a little benefit. bit. You don't have to decide. I certainly wouldn't pay more for an item just to get some Air Miles. Right. But but if it's also on sale and you can get Air Miles, certainly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. And with um, so let's say we decided to, you know, we looked into these cards you suggested, and we decide, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna do it. Let's let's switch over and, and get these. Uh, how, is there a particular process that you'd recommend in, in terms of canceling your credit card and then kind of how to do it properly? Um, just you know, I'm, I'm referring to the credit score impact and how things might show up. You know, like there's there's different sort of suggestions different people have when it comes to canceling your credit card. Um. Well, canceling has never been a, a a big concern for me. The the issue is if if you've got a bunch of like recurring bills and everything set up for your credit card, mm-hmm. and right? Okay, it, it, it's certainly a hassle. Right, <laughs> you, you got to right. go to each one. Um, what I've done in in the past when I've started switch cards is I've kept them both for a while, and okay, basically if 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 some recurring payment came through, like maybe it's just an annual payment, mm-hmm. um, it, it, if it comes through. And you realize then that you haven't transferred it to the new card. I just kind of use that as my reminder and and get them all transferred to the new card. When I'm totally done with the card, then then I, I certainly cancel it. If if there's an annual fee, cancel it right away. Right. Why why, why pay a new annual fee when it, when it comes up? Exactly. But uh, yeah. in the past, I've only really switched from free cards to these annual fee ones I use now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no rush to close them. <laughs> Might as well make sure everything's transferred over properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Again, with the credit score, I, I, I don't get too much into now about playing the, the credit score game, but mm-hmm. uh, in right. the past, I certainly have. Um, you don't want too many cards open at, at a time, but right. at the same time, having maybe one extra credit card, it actually increases the amount of available credit you have, which is still part of that ratio. Like you're talking about 30% on one card, but but really if if you've got a card that you're really not using, it's, it's still available credit. So that can actually help your score as, okay. as long as you don't have too many of them. So okay. it, it, it just depends on what stage you're at, if, if you, how much you really care about that credit score mm-hmm. right, right during that month kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's a great tip. Yeah. And I like how you said that you just keep it and you transition everything you can think of, everything you see to that new card, especially if, you know, if it's a free card. And then, yeah, you just keep it. You just keep that one, that free card going for a while and then eventually you should see no transactions at all month to month yep. on that card. And then except for those sort of annual charges, those automatic annual charges, you should, you, you can pretty confidently then cancel that card because you know, okay, you know, I've had this card for three months. There hasn't been a single charge on it. I think it's safe for me to just flat out cancel it now and not worry about. And then like, I know now that I've transferred everything over properly. So it looks good. And then maybe just check if you have any sort of annual bills because those could, you know, you might obviously might not see that one for another like 11 months or so. So that's, yeah. So no, that's a really, that's a really good strategy. I like that. It's, you know, like I have some uh, some free cards right now and I'm definitely going to consider moving over to some of the paid ones that you recommended. I'm going to crunch some numbers and look into it. Um, so that's a great strategy to, to take for sure. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, that's great. Well, uh, Tom, that's all that I had for my questions. Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit more where they can learn more from you? Yeah, uh, here I'm, uh, here in Canada, I'm basically at CanadianFinanceBlog.com. Um, I do have a lot of websites, but, but CanadianFinanceBlog.com is the, the main Canadian one. It's the one I've started out with. It's, it's still my baby. Um, since we've been talking about credit cards, there is a compare credit card section in the nav bar there. You can see these cards I'm talking about and a few other categories as well. Also within Canada, I'm at balancejunkie.com, um, where it's not just personal finance. We, we talk about some more lifestyle stuff that still ultimately connects to money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's pretty much it within Canada. Um, there's lots of other sites, but I won't bore you with those. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So I'll, I'll definitely put those in the show notes uh, so everybody can check those out. Uh, and yeah, and, and Tom, if you think of any more that you think would be valuable to the listeners, uh, let me know. I can always add them to the show notes as well after the fact. Um, yeah, just just so that everybody can kind of learn from you and, and sort of, you've done all the research for us in terms of the different cards. So we appreciate that. And, and for sure, I'll be I'll be checking those out. Uh, you know, I, I always like the free option with the credit cards, uh, but some of these benefits are, are pretty significant. So we're going to have to do some analysis and see whether it's worthwhile 
to sort of jump ship and actually, uh, despite my frugal nature, to actually go and pay for a credit <laughs> card because you know you, you make a strong case for some of these for sure. That was me for the longest time. Yeah. I, I had the exact same thought. I don't want to pay a fee. I don't want to pay a fee. Yeah. It's the same as bank fees and stuff. Exactly. You, you exactly. don't want to pay them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, once once I crunched the numbers and and for the spending we were doing, like now that we have kids and stuff, the, the spending went up because you you got to get them clothes and everything else. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, um. I, I found them to be a much better deal. I went years without a without mm-hmm. a good uh, credit card, and I, I I probably would have been better off to do it sooner. Yeah. Um, another thing is credit cards change all the time too. Uh, these two are that that I mentioned for the the main cards I use, mm-hmm. they're the top ones right now. But in Canada, especially, there's been a lot of uh, discontinuing of really good cards, and and now they're they bring some other new ones in sometimes. So it's it it constantly changes. You you really do have to sort of research every time and that's what i've been doing uh like i know bmo will be bringing in some new cards soon that look pretty interesting uh mm-hmm. with with air miles and with cashback uh so sure. that the, the the top cards could change real soon for sure that's a great time so maybe yeah what, what we'll maybe do is uh in the future if uh if, if there are some new ones that have come out uh, i'll see if you want to maybe come on the show again uh, and then sort of give us your your recommendations because for sure you know all the all the sort of tips and hints you've been giving on this interview um, that you know the, you can you can use them no matter when you listen to this podcast whether it's today or, or a year from now uh, but obviously like you said the credit cards do change from time to time um, so we'll um, we'll see about um, you know I'll, I'll definitely send you an invite uh, in the future to see if anything has changed uh, and if it has uh, I'll, I'll definitely invite you on the show again to see if you want to sort of share sort of the latest insights in terms of the the latest credit card offerings if there are any. Uh, any that you'd recommend now uh, as opposed to the two you're using now um, but yeah we can we can play by ear and see if uh if, if that happens and then yeah for sure you're definitely welcome back uh as much Love as you like back on. all right great <laughs> all right wonderful so thanks tom um have a have a great uh, rest of the weekend and uh yeah I'll, I'll leave everything in the show notes and so you can definitely check out tom's uh, blogs as well and all that great information he has on there too all right take care thanks Bye. thanks for chatting with me all right thanks tom bye All right, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Tom and you can get the list of the top credit cards in Canada as well as links to some amazing personal finance sites that Tom runs over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash 16. So just the number 16. While you're there, join the Build Wealth Canada community by signing up for free to be a VIP member and you'll be the first to know when new expert interviews like this one come out. I'll also send you new free tools and guides as they get released and I'll let you know of all giveaways that I have running on the site which tends to happen about once a week. And there you can win books, you can win other personal finance products and services from the experts that I have on the show. Also, as a bonus welcome gift for signing up, you'll get instant access to my guide on the top five personal finance and productivity tools that you can start using today for free to save you time and money. So definitely come on over to buildwealthcanada.ca and sign up to be a free VIP member. Lastly, if you're an iTunes user, I'd really appreciate it if you gave this podcast a rating. It helps a lot in getting great guests on the show like Tom. And if there is a guest or subject that you'd like covered, you can let me know there too and I'll do my very best to cover that for you. All right, thank you in advance and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 